Okay, cool, man. Well, I appreciate the time. Obviously, want to talk about the album and the live stream and uh, get your opinion on a couple things as just being a music fan. But I guess we have to kind of just start. I'm sure everyone's sick of talking about it, but no way not to about this pandemic and lockdown and how it's been for you and probably the uh, longest you've been off the road <laughs> in a couple decades. And have you uh, done anything at home with this time off or has it just been working on the beer belly, the quarantine belly? We've kind of adjusting and trying to, to make the new normal. You know, I guess it's the new normal. So it's just what we adapt to. But we've managed to stay busy and family's not going to want us to leave when we actually can go back on tour. But it, it's been good. Are you uh, are you in Nashville? I, know, I was out there last year. I have a niece who goes to uh, Vanderbilt out there. But I imagine it's crazy that Broadway is being like a ghost town these days. Well, I mean, we're, we're a couple hours from, from Nashville. We're Knoxville. We're close enough to see the results everywhere any any university of tennessee is pretty much the town we're in and everybody's trying to adjust to what we were so used to and took for granted i guess we realized that you could just go have inter- be entertained at the drop of a hat and now it's like nowhere so it's you know it's it's all good a lot more hiking a lot more like that but you know speaking of the uh, the virtual album release concert and live stream i imagine gonna be full production like if you were out on the road right yeah yeah we're, we're rehearsing too for like an entire week prior we're so used to being road dogs that we don't get into our groove until about a weekend so we're like we need to treat this like we're on tour and, and go ahead and start playing now that's what we've been doing and, and kind of just acting like we're on tour it's just we just set up in, in a, a room and just keep doing it so we're, we're trying to make it as close to the thing as we can are you gonna have any opening band or guest appearances or anything like that uh not on this one this one's more uh like album specific and we're gonna play four or five new ones and then of course all the the, the classics from the history of our career but uh definitely kind of previewing the new album coming out and then as we move forward we're talking about getting into specific albums and doing album specific shows and, and then uh, yeah also possibly like you know, hooking up with other bands and, and making full-on show out of it yeah that'd be cool to see it'll be interesting to see like what what good comes out of all this bad because there will be a, at least a little bit of good in you know technology and innovation and things like these live stream shows i was curious too with it with the live stream are you going to be like taking any questions from the fans while it's going on or or working on any of your uh, stage banter or jokes from the between songs or anything <laughs> there'll definitely be jokes <laughs> brian the king of dad jokes but um yeah i mean we're gonna just try to keep it as loose and live and but you know, on our end, we're going to be as well rehearsed as we can be. But yeah, just kind of, that's the thing that is the strangest part is how much we were used to interacting with the crowd. And it's weird to interact with a crowd that isn't there. <laughs> right. It's got to be like filming a, a music video almost. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's almost the way we're treating it, except we can respond. And speaking of uh, music videos, talk about the, the one that you just released for The Shift, which you had to do in isolation, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We had to kind of take some old stock footage that we compiled over years of touring. And this one was off our last album. And we had a leftover that we even found like as a treat. We'll use that and then we'll go into our face that we have and set up some B-roll stuff and, and make the best of it. But it actually turned out way better than expected. And, you know, with this pandemic, how how long did it delay or how did it, I guess, delay the, the Violent Allies album? I mean, has this thing been done for a while and did it push it back at all? Yeah, I definitely. Um, we wrote this album from the end of last year into the beginning of this year. So a lot of songs like The Shift and The Unknown that sound like they're very relevant to the times, it happened before this happened. So it's almost like we, we pulled our internal Nostradamus and <laughs> kind of predicted it. I don't even know how we did that. But Brian always says, well, your doomsday finally lining up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I do have to uh, uh, thank you or, or 
or beat you for uh, the shift being stuck in my head. I swear, since I've heard that song, I wake up with it in my head. You know, yeah. where where did those lyrics come if it didn't come from the pandemic? Well, I mean, I draw inspiration from a couple things, but it's all it's all from life. I mean, it's a very general statement, but like either as a voyeur viewing the whole society of our world or just my own personal experiences. But the shift was very much just almost like watching us as, as a species, just kind of, you know, recklessly doing what we do. And, and you always see the, the news and everything we do is, is like the silence, the sirens is how quickly things change and how quickly we blow up and respond. And, and it's, and then the violent virus thing is like, it's, it's almost like, I don't know. It's, it's just wild to watch be crazy to see as like an alien or an outside perspective watching our race and how we operate and that's kind of what the song's about it's like this is where we're at this is what we're doing and i didn't know that a pandemic was coming <laughs> gonna lead me in my next question in the tune deja vu i mean have you had deja vu before have you is that a common occurrence for you or are we just kind of pondering that subject we've toured as many years as we've toured my whole life feels like deja vu like it, i think the older you get deja vu happens more and more because when you're young everything's new it's the old thing where they say when you're driving to your destination it feels like it takes twice as long and when you're coming back it it doesn't it's right that's what the pandemic's done is help me kind of slow down unplug and, and just get out and get away from technology a little bit. I'm sure I'm not the first to tell you this, but you know, you ruined your chances of, of getting any uh, sinks from uh, the cable companies with Cut the Cord, too. You realize that, right? <laughs> yeah. No, was, that's a great song. I wanted to touch on that one as well. Clearly, clearly you weren't uh, looking for any, any cable companies to reach out for you for that tune, but talk about that tune a little bit. Uh, well, that one's just kind of like whatever you've gotten so accustomed to or used to that is part of your life that is almost toxic and you need you need to cut the cord you need to start fresh and that, that that's the realization that everything that you've been used to or kind of used as a support or, or, or put in your everyday life it's time to you know cut the cord and kill the lights and start fresh reset button almost exactly i think i think uh, besides the shift i think my other favorite tune on the album is i wish with the album it's wild because we had half of it written at the end of last year and then a song like I Wish Waiting and then uh, Without You there's there's a good amount of them that the producer actually challenged us he's like you got an album written here but let's see what you come up with now in the moment while you're out here in LA doing it it's it's crazy when you create something in, in, in almost in hyperspeed where it's you don't have a lot of time and you just completely just nose down everybody in it like done with it you go back and listen and it's almost new to you because it happens so fast and so that one turned out way better than we expected because we didn't even really know what to expect. Yeah, I like the idea of being challenged, too. Like, no, you can do better. Do it again. Do some more. Yeah, he was just like, you've got enough to make an album here, but see if you can beat it. We're like, okay. So he, get, <laughs> he, he had us take a week off from the studio and just go back. We, we had an Airbnb, the three of us in the house. He's like, just stay in the house, get out for dinner or lunch or whatever, but just write every day in a concentrated environment with no distractions for a week straight. And I wish definitely came from that. I love it, man. And just since we're talking tunes and, and just to go back for, for one sec, since we've been talking all about the, the new album, but talking about writing a song like Wasteland, I mean, did you have any idea that that was going to be the behemoth that it was back in the day? <laughs> Absolutely not. I mean, that that's kind of, it, it's funny sometimes when those things happen because you can try so hard, especially when you have success, you can try so hard to like 
create a quote-unquote single. The ones that always come out of nowhere are kind of the anti-singles, the sleepers. I mean, Shoot It Out was definitely an anti-single. We had to convince the industry that we thought was a good song and, and could be a single. And they were like, oh, it's a cool album track, but we don't think anyone's going to get it. And, and that one turned out great, too. But I remember when we first wrote Wasteland, one of the band members was like, I don't know, man, that, that chorus is kind of like low and somber and boring. You need to sing like Iron Maiden, Run to the Hills. Where's the high notes? I'm like, I just did a high note before I went to the chorus, man. It's good. So. <laughs> I love it. I love it, man. You know, speaking of uh, being a fan of music and, and other bands, and I always like to play a little music game with everyone I talk to, because ultimately what you do, what I do, we're, we're ultimately all music fans, right? We, we love course, music. Yeah. So let's let's play a little music game I like to do. And, and let me take you back to the, uh, the early 90s and for kind of what I've lovingly encapsulated as the flannel five for the guys that were kind of ruling the rock world back in the early 90s you can see where i'm going with this like nirvana yeah. pearl jam stp aic Soundgarden. i'm curious who would be your favorite your numero uno out of the flannel five? Oh man i mean i i have 100 honesty is is nirvana because i actually stumbled across nirvana two ways one was i had friends Party with the Primus and the Melvins, which are already weird bands, and, and Nirvana used to open for the Melvins. And then my older sister came home with a cassette of Teen Spirit. That song, it had like two songs on it, and I loved it. You know, Nirvana was kind of blowing up, so the young teenager asked if I could go to the store with my mom. She took me, and I went down there to get this new band, Nirvana, and when I got there, that album was gone. It was completely sold out, so the only thing there was an album called Bleach, <laughs> and I bought it not knowing and when i when i got it i was blown away because it was so much different than what was on the radio right but i absolutely loved it because it was more reminiscent of like the melvins and that whole grunge scene so i cranked bleach for a long time before before i finally got nevermind definitely the foundation was nevermind like oh they sold out at that point for you in your head since you were coming from more of that punk rock background you know no because the power of how good the songs are I, I i equate it to the beatles it's like there's all kinds of journeys and and transformations that the bands go through and i love it when bands go stuff but like a good song's a good song you can record it punk rock style or you can record it polished or orchestral or whatever it's if it's a good song it's just a good middle to prove that i mean nirvana proved that. i love it and then just to to wrap it up pick a uh, nirvana tune to play since they are your favorite of the flannel five pick a nirvana tune to play on the radio oh man god i loved the fact that i found a song called d7 dementia 7 and it was like a hidden track and i didn't even know it was there so i'm gonna go with a super obscure hidden track called d7 love it love it no so let's do one one more of these kind of Actually, I got two more, but one more will go from the early 90s right to more of the late 90s, and I'll, I'll add one to it just for fun. And this one I like to call the New Metal Six Pack. Okay. So this is going to be Rage Against the Machine, Corn, Linkin Park, Slipknot, Disturbed, System of a Down. Man, see, those were all, all unique, individual, great bands. Rage Against the Machine would probably be first in the line that was really just totally different and innovative. But I remember buying the Slipknot debut record just because at that point in my life, I would just go to the record store and hang out for hours and CDs, vinyls, and look at the cover. And I remember seeing the cover of Slipknot and going, oh, that's strange. It's a bunch of weirdos and nine people masks. So 
Uh, and when I put that in, in the listening booth, it blew my mind. It was like nothing I'd ever heard before. So when it comes to just flat blowing my mind, that, that Slipknot record definitely did it. And then would you pick a track from, from that record? What would you do? Spit it out or uh, Wait and Bleed or what? Man, Wait and Bleed is, is a great one. Um, I don't know. They're all so good. Like when I listen to that album, I just put it on and hit play. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. That, and that's what's great about the like, talking about some of these older albums. It was back in that day where you just would press play. And speaking of mm-hmm. albums, for my last one for you, it, it is an album debate. And I, I know you got an opinion on this one. And this one started off as a... Uh, household debate me and my wife are are debating this one so i brought it out and start talking to all the bands i talk to and get your opinion and you got to pick one or the other and for this one it's going to be nine inch nails pretty hate machine versus the downward spiral man that is the difference between like bleach and Nevermind, <laughs> right I, I had both and I, I lived with both for a long time um the downward spiral is just a unique album i think pretty hate machine was it was part of its time and it was it, it was epic but the downward spiral just kind of was all over the place and if i have to pick between the two i guess i'll pick that one but my favorite nine inch nails album is the fragile by far that was the one after the double disc. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that thing was a sleeper. I didn't even realize how great it was coming off a of downward. I was like, you know, whenever there's a double album, it, it's a blessing and a curse because it's a lot for this many years later. That's my go-to. Like there's, I'm a huge Spanish Nels Reznor fan anyway. That guy's, he's, he's just a genius and he's unique. Yeah, I think we need to wrap, wrap that guy in bubble wrap so nothing happens to him. We're hang on to our <laughs> well, geniuses. He's jacked up now. Yeah, really. He doesn't. He break through the bubble wrap these days. But exactly. Yeah. I, I'm glad you uh, chose downward spiral because that's me. My wife's on the uh, pretty hate machine because that was a, her introduction, and I get it. And that was groundbreaking. But for me, the downward spiral does have more sounds and textures and peaks and valleys yeah. and things going. It on has. It, yeah, it has more of a spectrum. And and pretty hate machine's great, but it's kind of. I don't want to say linear, but it has more of a thing, one kind of tone to it. Yeah. And downward, you just don't know what's happening from album to, from song to song. It's just like. And uh, lastly, pick a tune from uh, Downward Spiral to play then. The whole, the Hey Pig, Piggy Pig, like that, <laughs> just the pig track is just, what? <laughs> you know? Do that, like offbeat drum fills at the end of that thing oh, too. Yeah. Like, what the hell? It's just haunting. It's like, what are you doing? Love it. Jesse, last question for I Get outside of music for one second, okay? And it's kind mm-hmm. of a, a fill-in-the-blank question for me. And it goes like this. When it comes to blank, I spare no expense. What's the one thing? Forget music. Is it a, is it a craft beer, a whiskey, a cigar, tennis shoes, video Man. game? What's the one thing you got to have when it comes out? gotta have when it comes out man uh dude i've been skateboarding for 25 years so when it comes to skating i have to have a good board and if if it feels trashy at all like it's even got a chip if it has a little bitty chip in it i'll just give it to the kid that's skating a board at the park that looks like (laughs) (laughs) has to be skateboard stuff oh so are you like old school search for animal chin skateboarder more like right in the 90s with all the the 411 videos and Animal Chin was great, but that was, like, what made me want to skate. And then all the Plan B videos, like Questionable and Smoke. I'm an old dog just just still trying to do young people sports, which is painful. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, I'm glad glad you're still skating and keeping it real, even though I'm I'm retired in the skating world. (laughs) I don't blame you, man. (laughs) Jesse, appreciate all the time.
Dude, you rock. Thanks for checking out the entire podcast. Now do me a favor and subscribe to it. Radioactive Mike Z, available on all the major platforms. And while you're at it, follow me on Instagram at MikeZ967, and I'll follow you back, bro. Most importantly, don't miss the show, Wired in the Empire, every Saturday night, 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on 96.7 KCAL Rocks.